Mary O'Brien was having a tough time deciding what she was going to do about her radio programme. The producer had already been on to her, waiting for her to do what she promised to send in the audio. And the harder she tried to get her head around the programme that she was expected to produce every Monday, the less progress she seemed to have made. It was in the autumn of 2017 on a bright sunny morning when the birds had gone and there were droppings of plums underneath her tree in her back garden. The show she had to produce was called Culture Time. And so far it had only included items to do with poetry, running, music. And Mary had got a bit unsure of what, how she could take the show forward. She, you could say she already lost her confidence. She had a good friend who lived half a mile up the road, Regina, with whom she often went and had a cup of coffee. And the last time they had talked in the, in the cafe, it had all seemed as if she'd run out of inspiration for how she could continue with the radio show and she was thinking of giving up. The only thing it was that she got a bit of an income out of it and there would be a hole. And her daughter was getting more and more expensive as she got into closer and closer to secondary school. Culture time. What on earth was she going to do in the next couple of hours? There was always a chance that the that editor producer, because they were rolled into one. I mean, this was really only a local radio station. It wasn't going out on national radio. But it was still important, especially to her reputation. And she was afraid that she was going to get a call any minute now, looking around her in the kitchen. There were plenty of cups, empty cups, which used to contain coffee, used to contain what she called bog standard tea, and there was even one of them which said, I love New York, and she hadn't been to New York in an awful long time. But there in front of her, as if it was kind of rubbing in her face, was the New Yorker. The New Yorker magazine, and to make it even worse, this was the one that was dated September the 11th. Mary had already been trying to get her head around how she could weave September the 11th and everything that was going on down in Florida and everything that had gone on in the British Virgin Islands and other places, including Cuba, how she could weave these into a story about 2001. 
something that was firmly etched on her mind and she knew very well was firmly etched on the mind of any of her listeners and the front page of the New Yorker achieved that there was a white guy lifting a black guy out of a boat or perhaps there was a black guy pulling a white guy into a boat and saving him from the flood and his family from the flood. Yeah, it was all very nice. But how on earth could she possibly weave the New Yorker into the program? And then beside her was a book called Cultural Strategy. Yeah, Cultural Strategy. She never had anything on, on Culture Time show about business. Perhaps she could weave the two things together. Dr. Dara had what people would regard as a good job, although he wasn't totally satisfied with it himself. Every ten minutes, uh, when people came to see him, they paid 60 euros to him. And in an ordinary hour then, if he was really, really efficient, and he liked being efficient, he could earn 360 euros an hour. And the trouble was that he didn't really feel that he was, that his value was being recognized. And at the same time, he thought, well, well, what else could I do other than be a doctor? I mean, I put all these years into my life. I remember, I remember him saying to me, that he wasn't sure what else he could do in life. And he'd been much too tempted to work long hours to go back to the painting he used to do when he was young. He was quite a talented watercolorist. But it was all getting too much for him. And he felt it was coming to a head because he'd even start worrying, start worrying about his blood pressure. And he'd had a bit of palpitations, nothing that bothered him much. But he was well aware that it was about, it was two years since he'd been to see a doctor himself. It was rainy and wet. Outside, he sat in his room, taking a break. He knew he should take a longer lunch break. But his father had earned a lot of money. His father had even been a surgeon, consultant. And he'd grown up able to have many holidays in Spain. The issue for him now, and he hadn't even discussed this with his wife, was, was he going to be a doctor for the next 25 years? Was that going to be his legacy? 
I couldn't help looking over her shoulder in filtered coffee. She was sitting right beside me. She did choose to sit down beside me, even if she'd never given me a glance. And she was certainly engrossed. The thing that really uh, blew me out of the water was that she was reading the same book as I was. Prisoners of Geography. Ten maps that tell you everything you need to know about global politics. By Tim Marshall. Uh, I, If she hadn't been so intensely, if she hadn't been paying so much attention to the book and marking it up with a pen, I would have started or tried to start a conversation with her about the book. And I must admit, I was tempted to take out my own and just sit there and see if she'd start the conversation. But she was reading a bit of the book that I hadn't got to yet. And I could see that it was near the end and it was a bit called The Arctic. Now the book is full of bits about America, India, South America, Russia. And I don't think I was even aware that there was a section on the Arctic because I thought to myself as well, that's, uh, <laughs> that's not an area I know anything about and I didn't really think that there was global politics over the Arctic. Well, I, I still don't know much about that except that I saw her out of, well, she was so intense that I did manage to almost look directly. I saw her draw a box around. Uh, Pytheus, I couldn't quite see it, of Massilia. Yeah, just about this uh, guy. And then I saw her turn the book upside down, put it on the counter, and... Uh, take out a notebook out of her handbag and start to write. Now, at this stage, I was entirely perplexed. Who is this woman who does something like I do? I usually get a highlighting pen. She wouldn't, she wasn't using a highlighting pen, but she was using a biro. And she starts to write in this notebook and she doesn't stop for, ah, well, must have been about 40 minutes and while she was writing in the notebook she was using her iPhone and she kept clicking on stuff well going to places I kind of assumed she was looking up this guy from Massilia who I'd never heard of anyway and uh, but she was looking up a whole lot of different places and one of them I saw because there was a photograph of a, a tiny little bird uh, was a hummingbird. Anyway, she carries on like this for about 40 minutes. I drink coffee from Guatemala, a filter coffee from Guatemala, and I carry on 
listening to bits of audio. I had headphones on me from Sony, blue ones. Anyway, I then caught the eye of her looking at some poetry. And in fact, I, as far as I could see, what she was writing was a mixture of prose and poetry because it certainly didn't have, you know, stanzas and everything like that. But she was looking up a guy called Tim Miller. And Tim Miller is definitely a poet. And I was really utterly perplexed. And then she went to the toilet and she left her notebook open. And all I had time to read was the very end. And it said, we are sisters from Earth. <laughs>